Hi, I'm Nora, and I'm at church. The image of God is the image sometimes we place on him. So let's be very cautious and aware when we place our value system, our ideas on God, especially when those value systems become a political party uh, in any respect, whether that's Democrat or Republican. So. Yeah, defund the church, rebuild the kingdom, ain't no doubt Time to wake up because the church walls shouldn't be there to keep people out Yeah, let's come together, ready for change, now is the time We are one unit that is under God, let's put an end to the racial divide uh, I gotta scream it out louder, let's rebuild the kingdom from the ground up Bringing unity in the community and keep the Holy Spirit all around us Yeah, yeah, defund the church, let's go church i'm frank turner with pastor justin douglas of the belong collective and we want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast if it's your first time listening to defund the church welcome uh thank you um for listening and we ask encourage you to subscribe on itunes stitcher Podbean, google play uh stitcher and all other major podcast platforms if you're a returning listener welcome back we have a very exciting topic tonight uh obviously as we approach the election season there's there's a lot of uh, opinions and political political um you know machinations going on and we just want to ask the major question which is is god a democrat or a republican what do you think pastor justin thanks frank uh yeah that's a <laughs> that's a question right uh that we that we have and uh what i would say first is uh often the image of god is the image sometimes we place on him so let's be very cautious and aware when we place our value system, our ideas on God, especially when those value systems become a political party uh, in any respect, whether that's Democrat or Republican. So, so my first answer would simply just be no. God is not a Democrat or a Republican, um, nor does he support the independent candidate every time around. <laughs> like, I guess I'm saying like, nor is he a libertarian. Like, I, I don't know, like we could, I, God is not for the Green Party. Like, I, I don't think, uh, I, I, I do think we, we live in an interesting time where I can go to Walmart to buy toothpaste and I'm confronted with an entire aisle of options but yet in our country to run the free world, we have two. I think that's interesting. Um, obviously we have more than that, but we all know, or at least it seems that to vote for any of the other options, uh, you know, statistically speaking is a throwaway vote. And so, so we're given two options and, um, and a lot of times those options don't in whole reflect our values. And so how do we go about that? The struggle is any one for one we try to place from Jesus to today is really difficult um, because Jesus mentioned politics regularly or at least intersected and had great opinion about the political debates and discussions of his time. The difference is Jesus nor his disciples had a vote in the policies which governed them. Rome ultimately had control. Now they could certainly recognize that like, um, there was a certain amount of authority given to the Sanhedrin because it was something that was worked out between Rome that when Rome occupied a country, they would allow a certain amount of independence for religious purposes. And so they allowed 
them to have a certain amount of governing authority. So that's something that happened, but that doesn't mean they had a say. It doesn't mean they had a vote. It doesn't mean there was a process by which they got to choose who um, represented them. So it's important for all of us, Democrat, Republican, independent, any, any affiliation politically to first recognize that like Jesus does not speak to our situation politically because we live in a society that gives us a vote. And so therefore we have a, a different responsibility maybe even than Jesus had in his day or that his disciples had because they didn't have a vote. But I think anytime our opinion becomes uniform with a party and there can be reasons we support that party but then we attach jesus to that party with us so it might be that you are a democrat or you are a republican and that to you might be the 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 position that ultimately reflects your personality and your value system and and even the ways in which you understand jesus and and how he would uh you know how, how the teachings of jesus might inform you to vote those are all fine and fair the problem is the moment you say, well, Jesus is this and isn't that, or God is this. And by the way, when I, I, I kind of interchangeably use God for Jesus because Hebrews 1.3 says Jesus is the exact representation of God to man. And so for us, I think uh, when we look at the life ministry and teachings of Jesus, we see God fully. And so, um, so I'm going to reference Jesus in this and that I don't think Jesus gives us a model of support this party at all costs. Um, so that, that would be my initial answer. We can dive deeper into any number of those concepts, but, but uh, ultimately Jesus man, managed to, to cover political realities of his day, but did not do so in a partisan way that I'm aware of. So, so that's really good that you said that. And you mentioned about not marrying, um, you know, your view of God to a political party, you know, cause you'll hear people say nowadays, which I don't, agree with, they'll say, well, if you voted for Donald Trump, you can't be a Christian, right? You cannot know the Lord, right? Or vice versa. I know, I know some very hardcore sure. conservatives, I know very hardcore conservatives that say, well, if you voted for um, Barack Obama, right, and, and whatever, then, you know, you can't be for the Lord because he supported, you know, gay marriage and other things that might be viewed as, as sin, which, which is another conversation itself. But what I'm saying yeah, is, yeah. I've seen the extreme positions on both where, there's, there's, I know a number of black people that are like, bro, if you voted for Trump, unfriend me, unfollow me, you know, you're not saved. And I, and I say, you know, I, you know, now, you know, what I'm saying, like, I, now, I, my, myself, do I support this current administration? No, I don't, because I feel like, from my, from what I believe in, they don't stand with that. But I, I will not stand here, and I, I would be irresponsible for me to say that because of a choice somebody made of another man in an office that's not in this, in the throne of God, that that now that adjudicates his judgment against him. Now he's not saved because he voted for somebody who I disagree with. You got to be careful with that. Um, well, we especially, we especially have to be careful with that because Christians make ignorant decisions all the time. You and I both, we all do. So like, so like, so like the idea that a Christian could make an ignorant decision and now they are no longer um, uh, saved. Uh, it, it, it brings into question the whole idea of grace if grace is not radical and amazing, then like, what are we really celebrating here? So, so I think whatever side you're on saying that someone uh, can't have faith while they support this, um, be cautious to use that language. What I would say is maybe that, and, and this is something I think we have to have extreme caution in, but a better way of saying it might be that 
that vote does not necessarily represent uh, the the faith well. I think that's a fair way of saying it. That's not to say that that person does not have individual faith, but it's to say that vote might not represent the faith very well. Um, and, 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 and I think there's times when that might be a fair statement to make should still be something we make with extreme caution, but, uh, that's a better way of, of saying it. I think. I think, I think that's a great way to, to look at it. I mean, I think that there's been too much made of, we've almost sadly turned in the politics into almost a sports team with which now we've put God on, well, if, you know, if, if our, if, if this team or this candidate wins, then that means that that's, you know, God is, you know, faithful and all this. And that's like, God is always faithful, right? Yeah. God's faithful on no, every November 20, every November first Tuesday, November, he's faithful every time, right? Yeah. We have to remember that it's not like, well, now because of what happened in 2016, for those who people who oppose the current administration, God was not faithful or vice versa in 2008 or 2012 or 2000 or whatever you thought it was. Um, God mm-hmm. is, is faithful. Um, and, and I think that he is so far above a political party. The kingdom is, is so far above like the democracy, like a democracy. I don't know if you listen to Miles Monroe, but, but Miles Monroe put this very, very, very well. He said, the democracy is, is at best a compromise of all of our weaknesses. It mm. does not accentuate the strength of the kingdom of God. So we have this system of checks and balances because we really don't trust each other at any level, even, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. So we, we try yeah. to act like we can find this narrative, which, which we talked about previously, so a narrative, right? Where we can make our candidate be God's chosen one or the chosen will of God we're not mm-hmm. not knowing that God's will is going to happen regardless, and I will tell you that even though I did not vote for the previous, the the the, the current president um, in the previous election, God has done so much in my life since then because of what I've been activated to do. Because I wasn't comfortable with just make was just voting by proxy and just sitting on my hands. Because mm-hmm. then I was like, wow, okay, so so sometimes it's not just about feeling good why things happen. And, and like I said, I'm not here to talk. I don't want to get into anything like political as far as like, Oh, you should support this. I just believe that you've got to know that God is, is sovereign. And in these elections, he's trying to show us something always. He's always trying to yeah. show us something. He's not trying to placate us with a victory so we can dance around and say, Oh yeah, for the next four years, I feel good. and Everything's going to go my way. He's trying to lead us into a, a different season, a new season. And, and we'd be remiss to, to lose this season thinking that it's just about the election in November. Like that, yeah. that would be a hard thing. Yeah. I, and, I, and I'll be cautious as a person of privilege to, to say this because I recognize that this administration and a lot of other administrations can do things that ultimately might not affect me, but they are incredibly uh, painful to a large portion of people. But I, I'll say this from a scriptural standpoint, um, God was still moving even when Israel had wicked kings. Um, God was still moving even when the people were in exile. And you could even argue at times God was moving the most when people were in exile, when people were, um, were in the most difficult times. And, and then James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. So even if you think life under this particular administration is a trial that America is going through, there's something that can be considered joyous about this in that it will develop our perseverance and ultimately allow us to reflect um, on what matters most and bring us back to that. 
And so that's not to say anybody chooses to go through a trial, um, although we did in an electoral process. But I guess I'm saying um, uh, potentially, again, it depends on your politics. I think I'm right there with you on your assessment, Frank. But I, I will say, though, that we have to be careful to to so demonize the other side that we don't have anything positive to say, that we don't have anything that we can maybe even take and say, wow, in the last few years, God has still been moving in my life, in the life of my church, in the life of my friends. God didn't stop working because this election happened and this one person got into power. And what that really brings us back to, Frank, is the question of what do we put our hope in? Because for a lot of us, whether we, we want to admit it or not, we're conditioned to put our hope in our leader. And, um, and that conditioning can have huge consequences on our faith because it allows us to see our leader as being connected to God, the leader that we lobby for, the party that we're a part of. And when that party um, has a significant blow or loses, um, we begin to feel like God lost. And God's like, I didn't lose. I'm still here. I can work just as much through this person as I did through the last person, just as much through your trial. I can work as through when in the valleys, I can do work and on the mountaintops, I can do work. And along the way, like I'm here. Um, now I say all of that to say, what I don't want to do is minimize the fact that certain leaders will call for policies that will affect people in significant ways um, that, that as a, as a white person of privilege, I might not feel an experience. And so I want, I want to acknowledge that and say that right off, right off the bat that like that has to be said. And that's where I think uh, the question as a follower of Christ is to say, this is where I, this is where I, uh, what does it look like to, to, to say, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not an independent. My goal here is to say, which candidate, ultimately will care for the marginalized the most, because that's what I saw reflected in the life of Jesus, a concern and care for the marginalized. Um, now, uh, there's a whole conversation to happen on whether or not that's your ethic to begin with. But for me, that's kind of become my ethic. And I'll, and I'll say this, um, I was deeply disappointed in some of Obama's policies. But the problem is, is when I talk to Republicans, we're not disappointed about the same thing. I was disappointed in the drone expansion program. And the fact that we um, killed many innocent people via drones and how that really needs needed to stop and the expansion of that really harmed and hurt people. Um, and, and ultimately uh, that I think will go down as a deep marker against his presidency, ethically speaking. And then you have other presidents that you can look at and, and, and chart their ethical question marks, right? But ultimately, we have to realize we're never going to find a candidate that reflects Jesus fully. And if you're looking for that, you might as well just not vote. And some Christians have come to that conclusion. I'm not saying that's a good conclusion to come to. But if that is your standard to never sacrifice anything unless it looks like Jesus, then don't vote. But also don't do the opposite. Don't make your candidate Jesus because they're the candidate you're going to vote for. That's equally problematic uh, maybe more so problematic that you're going to make this candidate into the image of God. And I'll say, I, I heard more of that with Trump than any other candidate in my history. Uh, uh, and I'm only 36 years old, so I don't have a long history of being engaged in presidential politics. But one of the things I saw in Trump is that in, 
especially, first of all, it's important to recognize 88% of the white evangelical church voted for Trump. So he connected with white evangelicals. So this isn't coming from a place of like me just connecting him to that. He did. But the connection there, I think, is that the white evangelical church has so elevated God as a lightning bolt in like uh, holding lightning bolts in the sky, ready to strike you down the moment you get out of line. And like this, this like angry, God's going to say it like it is God's gun country, like this kind of like macho God who says what he wants and he's unfiltered. And, and, and even like one time Mark Driscoll said um, that the Jesus he worships is the Jesus of revelation with a tattoo on his thigh and a sword in his hand. And it's like, wow, that's a very different image of Jesus than the one that we see through the gospels, like through, you know, like, so I think it's really important to recognize that we will often find the image that we've focused on and worshiped for a long period of time. And if the evangelical church in my, in my postulation, like I'm just positing that they have found uh, this angry, prideful God, I guess um, uh, the wrath of God being something that they really want to emphasize and have emphasized over the years. Now um, they found that in a candidate and an unfiltered candidate who says what he wants and is who he is and is unapologetic about it. Um, to them, that is a feature of God. And so like they have connected that to the scriptures. My thing is vote for that. If that's what you want, vote for it, but don't connect that to God. Don't say this is God. Don't say this man is godly who ultimately every time he speaks about the Bible or poses for a photo op out front of a church that he's never attended with a Bible in his hand. Like these all seem in my estimation. And again, this is my estimation to just be props to like to a base that does not seem to be very genuine. Now, I don't know about president Trump's faith personally. I'm going to be very clear. My hope and desire is that he is a follower of Jesus. I'm just saying any presidential candidate if we make them into the image of God, and I'm speaking about the one currently, I also spoke about the previous one in negative terms. So just want to be clear that I'm equal opportunist here. <laughs> um, that, that if we make Obama into God, if we make Trump into God, if we make Biden into God, pick any name and we, we begin to say that person represents Jesus uh, fully, uh, we are always going to find ourselves in a hopeless place if we put our hope in that. Um, we have to put our hope in that no matter what happens, God can work and move in beautiful restorative ways. And we do have this tension now of having a say in who our leaders are. And I think that's the tension of where we place our hope, right? Well, well said. I mean, well said. I think that we have equated God, you said, <laughs> It's funny, we, we start the episode off, we said, is God Democrat or Republican? And it, the answer should be very easily, neither, he never loses, right? Because Republicans yeah. and Democrats lose, right? Yeah. One of them is gonna lose and they, and they, you know, it goes back and forth in cycles. We've seen it happen, you know, for a course of history, but God is, he never loses. And so to equate, to equate a candidate with God's sovereignty, it, it really diminishes what God can do and is going to do. And like I said, I, I do believe in voting. I do believe in being informed. I do believe that if, if there's administrations that, and this is why we're having this conversation, right? Like we, we've talked previously on previous episodes about having an understanding of the history of the country and making 
an informed decision, making an informed vote that would help your brothers and sisters in Christ, whatever it is, and, and understanding what your vote actually means and, and making it in a total view of not just yourself, but of the kingdom of God as best you can, knowing that both candidates or if there's three candidates in a certain year, they will all fall short, but not being ignorant, thinking that you're doing God's will specifically because I voted for this guy and he, because he said a certain thing or he did a certain thing or he looks a certain way. Um, I, I, th I think we have to, to, to really, to really, to really, like you mentioned a previous episode, this narrative, these narratives, that's all politics is now is a narrative. Like, how can they convince, how can this candidate convince you that they can, they're, they're the right person for the job? But I think that part's okay from the politician side. I think we're putting it more, more than that, right? We shouldn't make it any more, and, and I don't want to diminish, like you said, what you said about the policies and things that happen. I think that is very important. So I think we have to do that. But I also think that there, there's just got to be an understanding that the sovereignty of God is not tied to an election. And and, and I, I just I just hope that in this next season that we don't we don't we don't digress into well God is not this or you're not this and we 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 open our hearts to those people that have voted differently or had a different viewpoint and we pray for them, right? And we, and we don't do things in a way that we say, well, there's no hope for them. They're not gonna, or, or, or if they believe this, I think that is a divisive tactic that's not gonna provide any fruit. So, I, and, and also if your candidate wins, not going and being a troll and saying, <laughs> oh yeah, look at, yeah, you know, hey, you had your four <laughs> years, now I got my four years. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. we're, we're, we're eternal creatures. We're living for four years. We're living in four-year increments now. I thought we yeah. were eternal. Yeah. Um, so good. So good. I think I think we have to have, you know, one of my friends the other day, we were sitting and we were talking about, uh, we talked for like three or four hours about um, politics and just one of the things we both came away with, and we and we have differing views on a lot of things. And one of the things we both came away with is as followers of Christ, more humility has to be imported into these conversations. And that's just something that is, is lacking even within church people having conversations, Christians having conversations about politics. And so uh, another element here that's really important to, to dive into and consider is that we also need to delineate that God was doing something through the nation of Israel, building a nation, preparing a nation, and God is doing something different through Jesus. Jesus is, is um, planting a kingdom above the kingdom of these kingdoms of this world, of this world. So God was working through a kingdom of this world through the nation of Israel. God is now about the kingdom work of his kingdom, which is not of this world. But ultimately, we have a vision for this kingdom of heaven coming to earth. So with and we're called to even bring that into reality so like um i think it's important that we also recognize that like um if we want to we can go anywhere in the old testament and make um america the shining city on a hill which by the way ignores most of our history but even if we were to do that we could go ahead and do that uh we could make that you know claim and we could say that God is inherently interested in our prosperity because we are the new Jerusalem or, you know, however you, we are the promised land. These are all literal things that you will hear presidential candidates say. I almost guarantee you Biden will say promised land in one of his speeches. Trump will too. 
They might even say city on a hill. They might even say shining light. They, they will use what I'll call biblical dog whistle language to the Old Testament of us being God's promised kingdom. But God's promised kingdom is what Jesus envisioned when he shared parable after parable about what it's like in the kingdom of God, which is looking less and less like America in my estimation. So we should be going to those places to get our value system, not to the Old Testament. And that's not to say the Old Testament doesn't play a role in teaching us about God, who he is, but it's to say God was interested in two very different things in both of these sections of history. And so the interest God has now is that we would be made into kingdom people. Uh, the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of America. Uh, God's interest is in all people everywhere. And so why would we even so, so quickly limit our view to only be about American politics anyway? Like, even if you are very interested in American politics, obviously you live here, but like, you're also called to be in some ways to have a mindset of that you're just visiting here, that like, ultimately the kingdom of God is your eternal home. And so like investments in that kingdom are going to be far greater than winning an election and having four years of power. Right. I mean, but we, we, we can tell quickly that our, our, our values typically flow from, from being in power in the here and now. And so, um, so even thinking about how, whoa, when I'm a peacemaker, I might actually be making an investment in the more important kingdom by just putting, by just importing humility into the way that I talk to somebody or by, you know, um, now I'm going to be clear. I'm saying that from a position of struggling to do that myself. So, so don't, don't hear me saying that that's easy work or that's easy to be reminded of. Honestly, even as I'm speaking it, I'm saying, oh man, I need to be reminded of how important that is. Um, but, but we have to keep drawing ourselves back to the kingdom of God. And I just want to circle this back to defund the church. This is where I think the church has such an important role to play when it comes to politics. It's the church's job to remind you weekly, daily even, that a community of believers coming together and reminding one another that we are about a different kingdom than the kingdom of this nation. Like we are about a different kingdom than the kingdom of this nation. Like what if our pastors were actually there to, to encourage us and spur us on to see and hope for things beyond this presidential election, like to hope for things even in the now that are greater than the presidential election, that are ultimately the way we love one another, the way we embody the fruits of the spirit within our own lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It could take a lifetime to learn how to import those into our life and ultimately care for one another in that way. Like, but these are kingdom principles and values that ultimately are a greater investment than a win by a politician. And I say that again, just one more time, I'll throw it out there that I'm deeply invested in the policies in which govern people because those can have huge effects and consequences. But we also have to recognize the way we love each other through getting those policies in effect can also have deep, deep implications. Um, so we have to find a way to love each other through the change that we want to see in this world too. So, yeah, I don't know if any of that helps Frank. Uh, obviously this is a very um, broad issue, you know what I mean? Democrat, I think, Republican. I think, I think you, I think you really got got us to a good point where I think that, I think we, we're going to leave it there. I think what, what we want to say to people is humility. I think that, um, you know, being humble in spirit is something that mm. many many Americans struggle with because we're just not we're a very individualistic culture. I know mm. we talked to previous episodes about not wearing a mask and a narrative, but some some of that was a narrative. Some of that's also just I don't want to do. 
I want to do what I want to do. And I think that um, the spirit submits, right? Not my will, but your will. And mm. I think that, that when you look at Jesus fighting that, even Jesus fought the fleshly temptation of, of saying, man, I could be, I could live forever. I could, I don't have to die. Like I could kind of, I mean, I could lead a, a, a you know, uh, 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 and, you know, an inquisition against the Romans and take them out. And, mm-hmm. and, and God was like, that's not, that's not it. God's like, that is not it. And, and, and what I, what I mean by that is if Jesus had second thoughts, you know, on, on submitting to the will of God, then we know how much more we must submit. Um, so I think it's important yeah. to, to pray for that humility um, and, and have those conversations knowing that whoever you even you think, even, even if you, even if whatever you think about the current president or President Obama or President Trump, if you're on opposite sides of say the, the ledger, ledger on them, uh, as far as disliking them, God loves them the same. God did not wake up and say, Donald Trump is beyond salvation. Barack Obama is beyond salvation. There's, there's, there, they, they are not beyond it. That's, that's not saying anything other than what God has shown us is that he's merciful and loving. Mm, and so yeah. we, we must carry that with us in this season and not, and not lose people in a season that we're supposed to carry with us into the kingdom and block them out because we don't like who they voted for because they might be the witness that's needed to reach other people. We can't, we can't, people are where they are for a reason. It's not a coincidence. God has all positioned for a reason. And sometimes we all want to be on the same side at the same time, but we don't, God gets there in the, in the fullness of time is when all this happens, right? It doesn't happen right when we want to. There's going to be people that felt like November 9th, 2016 was the end of the world. You know, I was one of those people that felt that way when President Trump got elected, but I can tell you now in the fullness of time, I see what God is doing. I see that I wouldn't be in this moment talking to you about this movement that's even bigger than the election now because of what God allowed to happen. And I'm not saying it's just for me, I, but what I'm saying is we, we have to know that God is, is in charge and we have to love everyone how he does and change our view. And that only way we can do that is being, by being humble. So I think stopping there with humility is something that we can all just pray for. Just to pray for humility in our hearts, yeah. in our conversations. Um, and that, and that would just help us so much. And like I said, again, we're listening to Defund the Church. Um, I'm Frank Turner here with Pastor Justin Douglas of the Belong Collective. Uh, we want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, leave a review. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Google Play, all the major podcast platforms so you can find us out there. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. We want to encourage you to continue to share the podcast. We thank you for those who are, um, again, like I said, first-time listeners. Uh, we love We love everybody. We just can pray you continue to find uh, what, what God wants you to find in this. We thank you again for listening, and we'll see you soon on another episode of Defund the Church. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and other major podcast platforms. And also, don't forget to visit defundthechurch.com, where you can find news and information on how to support this movement and rebuild the kingdom.